It's time for Outside the Box with Lincoln Stars head coach Rocky Russo and Stars broadcaster Cristiano Simonetta on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. What's up, everybody? How are you doing? This is Outside the Box, episode number three. I'm Cristiano Simonetta, the voice of the Lincoln Stars, joined alongside by the star of the show. This is a coach's show, and it's head coach Rocky Russo. Rocky, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm I'm a little undercaffeinated because every coffee shop between here and my house is closed on the way to the radio station, and I'm going to have to write a letter or something. I've got a two-month-old daughter at home, and uh, when I need a cup of coffee, I need a cup of coffee. I, I love Lincoln, but somebody get me a cup of coffee at 730 at night. We were talking about this before we came on, and I think this is a great way to open up our text line, 402-464-5685. Why in the world are all these shops closed past like 6 p.m.? I have no idea why Monday and Tuesday in the city of Lincoln. I'll tell you what, our, our uh, skills and developmental coach, Curtis Brown, could not live in Lincoln if that were the case. That guy drinks like 10 cups of coffee a day. And he would absolutely lose his mind if he couldn't get some coffee at 730 at night. Well, California is probably getting in, what, every five minutes, every single street corner has got to be selling coffee until like 5 a.m. in the morning. Like, I don't think they, they close. I think it's the exact opposite. But same thing, 402-464-5685, get involved with the show. Last week, Rocky, before you even talk about the games, how was your Thanksgiving? You had some some visitors. It wasn't just you and your family. No, Thanksgiving was great, and it's been uh, a bit of a tradition now for my wife and I that we have the the staff um, over every year, and, and obviously those those faces change year to year. But I remember back when I was an assistant coach, and, and uh, the holidays can be tough away from your families, and you can't really get home for Thanksgiving. So... I had some uh, some really great head coaches when I was a young assistant that that invited me into their home to spend time with their families, and so I feel like it's an important part of uh, of you know our our staff building and and the family type atmosphere that we want to have. So George and Art came over and and had dinner with uh, Melissa and and uh, Ronnie and Cammy and I, and and uh, we had a great time. We had some turkey and some stuffing and all that fun stuff, some some uh, pumpkin pie, and, and George brought some cookies, and uh, Art and I had a couple of glasses of wine, so we called it a great night. I was going to say, do you have any requirements for those guys? Like, you need to bring something or else you're not getting in any turkey? No, no, no. I, I never ask them to bring anything. George knows by now he they don't need to bring anything, but George will usually bring some sort of dessert and probably a couple beers for himself. There's never much beer at my house, so... If George wants to have one of his his uh, delicious Miller Lights, then he brings those. But uh, outside of that, Art knows there's always a nice bottle of wine in my house, so he took advantage of that. Are you the cook, or is Melissa? How do you divvy up the uh, the odds there? I am absolutely the cook in my okay. house, and uh, my wife would would be the first one to tell you that I enjoy cooking. Uh, my dad and uh, my my grandmother owned a restaurant when I was little. My dad was always the the one cooking in the in the kitchen for all the holidays just about every day of the week and and I cook dinner almost every night at my house and um not that my wife wouldn't she's she's asked me on a thousand occasions if if she could do it and I kind of always just say no I got it but she does make great stuffing she's got her grandmother's recipe for stuffing so she makes that every year and and it came out wonderful again this year is there a favorite dish, not even Thanksgiving, that you like to cook? Do you think like anybody in the world, like this is Rocky's dish, everybody's got to like it? No, I mean, I think that, you know, I'm Italian, so the the, uh, the homemade meatballs and the sauce, mm-hmm. those recipes have been passed down um, from generations in, in my family. And so 
I'm fortunate. All of my my dad and my two uncles kind of all made it a little bit differently. And so I've got uh, three different versions of, of that sauce and, and then put my own spin on the meatballs a little bit with uh, with some ground veal or, or some lamb on occasion and, and just kind of put a nice little taste to those. But uh, that's something I take a lot of pride in is my sauce and meatballs. And, and so whenever we're having a big Sunday gathering, that's usually what we're making. Ethan, let's bring you in. Producer Ethan, what did you do for Thanksgiving last week? Well, uh, I had to work on Black Friday for the football game, and so I wasn't able to go home to Montana. So I made uh, Thanksgiving turkey for one, and uh, my cat and I shared a, a nice day together. What's the cat's <laughs> name? Hold on. We haven't even gone to the origin story here. Uh, my cat's name is Milo. Okay. He's uh, I got him a year ago this month, and my parents did not know about him until last month. So cat or dog guy, you'll lean cat. I'm 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 a an animal person, and the cat is just a little bit more self sufficient. You know, dog, you have to walk it, you have to let it outside to go to the bathroom. Cat kind of just does its own thing. Rocky, do you have a dog? I don't have a dog. Uh, I would have a dog. Um, I've had dogs uh, for most of my life, and then I went. I moved to Amarillo the first time with with two dogs, and I left with zero dogs, unfortunately, and so. Life got a little crazy after that. Obviously, I was living alone in in Philly for four years, and um, you know my my wife and I got together out there and moved back to Amarillo. And all of a sudden, it was time to build a family and kids and and newborns and and dogs don't usually mix, and especially when you know I'm on the road a lot. So my wife would love a dog. I know our daughter Ronnie would absolutely kill to have a dog, but. It's a timing thing right now. We definitely will somewhere down the line, but uh, just not quite yet. You're listening to Outside the Box, a Lincoln Stars coaches show. So let's get into the games this past weekend for you guys. Uh, an unusual weekend for you guys in terms of the result. You get one point on Friday night against Sioux Falls in South Dakota, and then you drop the game 2-1 to one on Saturday against Omaha. Both really close games. Let's talk about the Friday night game first. You guys come out a little slow against Sioux Falls, but it's a building and a team that you've had success in and the Stars have had success in for the past couple seasons. You were 3-0 and against the Stampede coming into that game on Friday what did you see from your team start well I I thought both teams started pretty sloppy in the first period and and uh you know it it was just one of those games where the puck was kind of bouncing all over the place nobody was really making any clean plays and uh and there was nothing much to write home about in the first period uh we gave one up we got one back it was 1-1 and uh kind of just you know we weren't generating a whole lot of offense they weren't getting much the officiating got in the way in that game quite a bit. I thought it was one of the more poorer efforts of, of the year by, by the officiating, which I don't normally have a whole lot of negative to say, but I just thought it was a it was a tough game for them. They they let some stuff go they shouldn't have. They called some stuff that wasn't really in, in the way and didn't really change the, the dynamic of the game. And then, you know, we had, we had some tough ones where we probably should have gotten some power plays in some – critical times of the game that we didn't and um that's gonna happen you know you can control a lot of things in a game you cannot control the officiating so um you know but I I did feel like that was a tough part of that game and then obviously we get into overtime and uh you know we take a tough penalty in in overtime I we're we're a pretty darn good three on three team and uh I liked our chances against that team I think we're faster than them in in that three on three setting but we get a questionable call in overtime. We kill it off, but we never really got the the motor running in the three on three situation. And are you a fan of the change to three on three overtime? 
I like the three-on-three overtime quite a bit. In fact, I would venture to say that I'd like it to go 10 minutes yes. instead of five minutes and try to generate a winner that way. I think the skills competition of the shootout, I don't care for it. Uh, I know it's exciting for the fans. Obviously, we got the big shootout winner in, in our home barn a few weeks ago, but I'd rather win the game in a three-on-three situation. I don't want to end in a tie. You know, let's play 10 minutes of three-on-three, three, and if we don't get a winner, then by all means go to a shootout. I think the fans need a resolution when they leave the game at the end of the day. I, I never liked the the classic five-minute overtime and then a tie in the NHL back in the day. So uh, I do think the shootout is necessary to some degree, but I'd much rather try to solve it the old-fashioned way. Yeah, it's almost an unfair spotlight, and you can either relish it if you're the team winning and you have shootout shooters, but sometimes it's just like, all right, let's flip a coin. Let's send some guys out there. You hit a post, bad ice. I mean, it's really a toss-up when it comes to a shootout. Well, we got in the shootout, and Mason had their goalie beat yep. clean on the first one, and uh, and the puck just kind of rolled off his stick. And then uh, Wallen had the goalie beat clean, and he somehow managed to to catch his, uh, his back skate on, on the puck as it slid through his five-hole. And then I thought Joe had him too. But uh, it's just one of those things. It's it's really a luck thing, and your goalie sometimes comes up with a couple saves. Sometimes he doesn't. But you know, I, it always frustrates me because if you win that skills competition, you go back to the locker room, you're feeling great because you just found a way to win. But you lose this silly shootout, and all of a sudden you feel like you lost the game. And so I don't think it's really a true indicator of of the result. No, and especially when you look at Caden and Barico throughout that entire game, we'll break him down throughout the entire weekend because he was arguably well I mean unbelievable clearly your guys' best players through the first two games there and just the save after save after save the one on Maddox Fleming I mean that's a glove save you want to throw your head back because the two on oh partially the other way and then he throws a left hand up yeah we made a huge mistake there we got caught on a change and um you know we we got stuck out too long and then and then turned the puck over instead of getting it behind their d and and so they got a really dangerous Scoring chance four, and and uh, as Caden has done time and time again, again he came up with an absolute monster save. And just today, he was announced to the U.S. Hockey World Junior preliminary roster. And for those of you that don't know, the World Juniors, as they call it, an under-20 tournament, the IIHF World Juniors, it's such a big deal. You know, it's starting to grow in the United States, Rocky. And the United States has won five times. Canada has won 18 times. But the United States reigning winners and a big honor for Caden to be named to that prelim roster. Well, first of all, that tournament, if you're a hockey fan or even if you're not a hockey fan, like find that tournament, watch that tournament. It is for me as a as a hockey guy. I love. I get oh, yeah. so excited for World Juniors, and my wife knows. Like the day after Christmas, where yeah. there's going to be World Junior hockey on TV all day long, and we couldn't get it in Amarillo. I I found some some jacked website that I could kind of link off of it and and throw it up on the TV and watch it. And I remember we were walking through the mall, and I had it on my phone because I was just so addicted to watching watching the games. So. Um, I'm thrilled for Caden and, and the opportunity. There's four goalies at the preliminary event. He's got to be one of three to make the tournament. I'm, I, I'm very optimistic he's going to be one of them. He's just got to go and, and be himself, which is, a, a number one, a fabulous human being, but, but a, a great goalie that certainly, I think, is, is deserving of the opportunity to rep, represent our country at that tournament. Yes, yeah, Stars alum Dominic James also named to that prelim roster. There's another uh, Stars alum there, if I'm if I'm correct. It, it may have been before me, if yeah. that is the case. If you pull up that roster, I was Let's, peeking through it. Was I'm it pretty Declan sure Declan McDonald, who we, yes. dra- we drafted him. Yes. Okay, that's how. But he played played in the O. Yes, that is yeah, correct. Okay. The USHL he played seven claimed seven games, so 
technically, yeah, he is an alum. So, yeah, yeah. well, I just remember the coaching staff a couple of years ago. We didn't really want to mention him too much because, you know. Well, he went to Major Junior, but yeah. but at the end of the day, he played a he played a small part in, oh, yeah. in Lincoln Stars history. Now he has a chance to represent on the on the world stage for the, the U.S., and I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, he's a Tampa Bay Lightning draft pick as well. We're talking Lincoln Stars hockey with head coach Rocky Russo outside the box. So you finally got a taste, Rocky. You know I've been bugging you the past couple of weeks about it, the Omaha-Lincoln rivalry. You shrug at it, and that's a perfect reaction because, you know, you're not used to that sort of, you know, buildup between these two teams. But also, it was just an opponent that you had to get two points from and unfortunately you were unable to do so well we should have you know I, I we we played okay that game uh we had a couple chances where where we should have of um buried some pucks again penalty late in the game not called jack larrigan gets buried from behind yep. and and he doesn't that doesn't get called i can't tell you we're going to score on that power play but it's certainly a a good opportunity for us and then you know we made a, a trio of mistakes on the goal against it started with, uh, you know, with our forwards not being in the right spot. And, and because of that, we weren't able to, to do what we needed to do on the defensive blue line. And, and it kind of turned into uh, a domino effect where they were able to score. But I felt bad for Caden because he deserved a, a better result from that. I will say that, you know, the, the rivalry is not there for me yet. But there's some things that happened off the ice and kind of some shenanigans, sure. we'll call them, that – um, I can see why there's a little bit of that. I, I, I'm certain that if they came into our building, we would treat them with more respect than maybe they treated, uh, some of us in, in their building. And, and that's a little sad to see because rivalry or not, we're the best mm-hmm. junior league in the country. And so, um, that rubbed me the wrong way. And I'll remember that when, when the time comes, but, uh, I'm not there yet with the whole rivalry thing yet. I'm, I'm excited to play them again and beat them just because they found a way to steal one from us on, on Saturday. And then when a goal like that happens, it was Michael Cameron scoring with 15.5 seconds left in the third period. It's a backbreaker for you guys. And then how do you carry that after that weekend where, you know, you had a point, you go to the shootout, you lose, and then you have almost another point through 60 minutes, but it falls through your fingertips. It's an 0-2-1 stretch for you guys over your last three, but still a good record so far this season. Yeah, I mean, hey, it, it's it's fine. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, we're not thrilled with 0-2-1 in our last three, but we're 6-3-1 and in our last mm-hmm. 10. And, uh, you know, we're still sitting, you know, technically tied for third place right now. And, and uh an awful lot of hockey left to be played. So I'm not stressed at all about where we're sitting. In fact, I'm pretty happy with where we're sitting right now. And um, big games in front of us this weekend against two opponents that sit above us and an opportunity to continue to climb that ladder. And t- and five straight games at the Icebox, a huge homestand for you. we got plenty of promos. We're going to give away some tickets later on in the show. But for you, the excitement level you've already seen, you know, when it comes to Lucas Wallen's game-winning shootout goal against Sioux City – or the late tie against Des Moines and the overtime winner from Henry Nelson. You've seen a little bit of what this building can do. How excited are you for those five straight? Oh, I think the fans here in, in Lincoln are starting to get a taste of, of winning Stars hockey, which they haven't had for a while. And so the support has really started to rise. This is a big opportunity for our fans to watch us play against some really good opponents over the next three weekends. And then obviously, you know, we've got uh, we've got the – some great promotions we've got teddy bear toss we've got um, a jersey auction coming up and and so you know anytime you play sioux city tri-city in a weekend at home that should be pretty exciting for our fans 
and uh, and obviously some talented teams coming in and, and provide a great challenge for us. Yeah, so stay tuned. We're going to give out uh, a little trivia question for you guys in the next you know, 15 minutes or so. That text line is going to be 402-464-5685. Friday night, ugly sweater night at the Icebox against Sioux City. Saturday night at Champions, which is a lot of youth sports teams. Not the biggest promotion, but it's a big game against Tri-City. And you don't want to look past Sioux City because they're right up above you in the standings in the West. But what about Tri-City? You talked about them last week on the show and also uh, in a post-game interview about how they're a model organization for you guys they're uh, heralded by anthony orine they're unstoppable this year it seems in the west what is most impressive about their start to you well i mean they they've they've obviously drafted so well but they've got 14 veteran players and then you add mitchell miller that's 15 veteran players on a 23 man roster like you should be really good with with that and then of those you know six guys or eight guys that aren't veterans well one of them's sergeyev who's by the way, a two-year junior veteran before this. He played two years in the North American Hockey League. So they brought in some big-time talent with guys that had a lot of junior hockey experience. And, and so those guys are carrying the mail for them. And, and then, you know, certainly the guys that they brought back that, uh, you know, they developed Gavin Brindley. You know, he was a, the 16-year-old in the league last year. They just let him play. And, and now he's a dominant player for them this year. You know, they're doing the same thing with Tanner Adams and, and Andrew Strathman. And so I really appreciate the fact that they mix the, the young development of their 05s and 16-year-olds with their older guys and, and manage to constantly have their cupboard full in regards to the way that they, they develop and, and they and they draft. And so, um, you know, Anthony and, and Jason Kohler are, are wily veterans at this now. And so... That's certainly something that that we want to develop here in Lincoln, and it takes time. You know, it's it's not as simple as as picking a team up and and running with it and winning the Clark Cup. Obviously, we hope to do that this year, but you want to you want to build longevity with an organization, and and you have to do that with player development and and also with great drafting. Yeah, you just mentioned Tri City's ability to have that youth infused into their roster, and that's what you guys have seen through the early part of the year albeit because of some injuries up front, but you have Dashiell Oliver, Keaton Peters. You've had guys fly up the lineup a little bit instead of just burying these younger players. So do you see that as a positive that you're developing these guys as opposed to, all right, let's just play the 18-year-olds and 19-year-olds, you know, up to 20 minutes a night and give these guys some more exposure? Well, there's certainly something to be said for, you know, our two guests later this in the show, Noah Laba and, and Aiden Thompson. Those guys – they need to play 20 plus minutes mm-hmm. a night, but you need to get the Dashiell Oliver's 12, 14 minutes. You need to get, um, you know, we had Wyatt Olson in last weekend. He didn't play a ton, but but he got his first taste of junior hockey. Uh, Tanner Ludke played 11 or 12 games for us at the beginning of the year, and, and he'll come back at the end of the year, at the end of his high school season. Keaton Peters is playing a regular shift for us now. Um, you know, Patrick Raftery, another 04, he's playing a lot. So, Christian Kosas, obviously, you know, those guys are the future of the Lincoln Stars, but they're also contributing to the current team as well. And now with these injuries up front, you've got Carter Shade, 
Joe LeMay, guys on the back end banged up. You bring up Jack Messick from the North Iowa Bulls. You've had a familiarity with that guy, you know, two years coaching him in the North American League. So when you have that flexibility to bring it up, I think we've talked about it just briefly on the show, but how nice is that to have that flexibility to dip into that prospect pool and be like, all right, North Iowa, here's the pipeline right to Lincoln, Nebraska. Well, I think when Mr. Fernandez uh, initially purchased the Amarillo Bulls at the time and, and also the the North Iowa Bulls, who were then at that point in the NA3HL, his goal was always to have a USHL team, and, and he wanted that period uh, pyramid of development, right, where we could have the USHL, the North American League, the NA3HL, and, and now we're also in the process of, of trying to develop uh, some high-end AAA youth hockey as well. And, and, you know, if you can get a U18, a U16 team um, and, and work your way to having – uh, premier top tier talent at every level, then we can really watch these kids go through our ranks from say the, the Leha younger kids here and, and build that youth program. They've already done a tremendous job of it, but we just want to facilitate helping it grow even more. And then ultimately matriculating into the higher levels of hockey and maybe one day being a Lincoln star. I think that's such an awesome thing. And, and having Jack Messick there four hours down the road and, and, you know, it, Casey Repke's right there too. We we wanted to bring Casey up. Casey was sick, unfortunately, but you know I coached three quarters of that team last year, and and so Jack has been a player for George and I for two years. He knows the systems. He knows the structure. He jumped right in. I thought he played outstanding on Saturday, and and that was because of that familiarity of of already having played with the staff and, and knowing what the expectations were. And then how chaotic is that? You just said four hours down the road to bring up Jack in a situation where you see Joe LeMay get injured on Friday night. For you as a coach, how much is overload of information in terms of structure and systems, and how much is it just, hey, go play your game, you played hockey for a long enough time? Well, that's why when you bring a guy like Jack, the, the transition's easy. Not, not easy from a league perspective, mm-hmm. but easy from a – systematic perspective because we haven't really changed anything that we do here versus what we did in Amarillo. We wanted to play fast. We wanted to break out quickly. We wanted to get pucks up the ice. And and so Jack knows how we play and we're like, Hey Jack, this is what we do. He's like, perfect. I I'm used to that. I've did that for 120 games for you. I could come do it for another one. And, and, uh, Odds are he's going to be here again this weekend because Joe's still going to be out. But that whole situation was hectic. I did not find out Joe was actually injured until Saturday morning. Um, I had seen him get hit in the first period during the game. Didn't really um, think much of it. He finished the game. Um, you know, it, it appears as if he's got a little bit of an upper body injury that'll keep him out for a week or so. But, um, you know, Corey felt like he might be okay. Ultimately, we uh, kind of aired on the side of caution in regards to, to keeping him out on Saturday and, and probably keep him out again this weekend just to make sure. Um, but, uh, you know, we were able to get Jack up. And if we didn't have that team, didn't have the proximity to that team, and obviously the uh, the scenario where we have the, the guys there that we've been able to coach and develop, then, then that process would have been tremendously more difficult. And I'm not sure if you want to uh, publicly talk about some of the moves over the last couple of days that you guys have made. Are you comfortable talking about that? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we we had to make a tough decision to to move Jack Larrigan. Um, it it was a it was a situation best for Jack. We feel like he needs uh, he needs a little bit more development before he comes back and plays for us full time. And and uh, we love Jack, and we see Jack in a Stars uniform again down the road, but. 
Um, he's going to go play for the Janesville Jets right now. Keaton Peters, who was on our affiliate list, was playing in Janesville, and we had a need at center, obviously, after Tanner left. And so Keaton fills that need, and, and so uh, Jack's going to report to Janesville and, and uh, probably get a little bit of a bigger role, play on the power play, play in top six. And, and um, Jack was a big-time, big-time player coming out of Shattuck-St. Mary's. He's a, a Notre Dame commit, and, and I have no doubt that once he gets his footing there and, and starts to – um, to put some pucks in the net, he's going to be the old Jack Larrigan that everybody expects, and, and he'll be back here and, and be a, a fan favorite for the Stars. Yeah, there was a reason why he was drafted in the top 10 of his futures draft. Is that a tough conversation? I know that's an understatement, but when you have to tell a kid, hey, this is what we plan on doing, we're moving you, I mean, it can't be easy talking to you know 20- to 30-year-old men in pro leagues, but when it's a 16- to 20-year-old kid, what is that conversation like? You know what? If anybody tells you that it gets easier over time, they're lying to you. Uh, I've been doing this for 17 years and those conversations are, are challenging every single time because you care about the players and, uh, you never want to see a player have to leave. But in this particular situation, it was more about, Hey, this is what's in Jack's best interest long-term. And because of that, I felt comfortable having the conversation and, you know, Jack took it like a, an absolute pro. He knew that this was probably best for him in the short term to um, to get some uh, some bigger opportunity. And, and Jack wants to be a star. He wants to be back here, and we want nothing more than to have that. So it wasn't it wasn't goodbye. You know, we, we weren't we weren't trading him and saying, "Hey, your your time here is done." It was we're just going to send you on a little bit of an alternate path so that you can do what you need to do to come back and, and help us win. And for those of you that don't know, the Janesville Jets is in the North American Hockey League. So if you can, Rocky, I know I'm grilling you with a lot of questions in the opening segment here, but can you talk about that relationship between sending a guy down to the North American Hockey League and it's, you know, technically a trade and how all those schematics run through? Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, obviously a coach in the North American Hockey League for 12 years. I've got a really good relationship with Parker Burgess, who's the head coach there in Janesville, and Joe Dibble, who's the general manager. And so, um, you know, we trust those guys from a developmental standpoint. They've done a great job of, of bringing their players along, sending them to the USHL when the time is right, and, and we know that, that uh, Jack's in good hands. So uh, we had brought Keaton up to play some affiliate games with us, and, and obviously, you know, when we made the decision to, uh, to keep Keaton full-time, we wanted to try to help Janesville out and uh and put them in a position to have a good player to kind of fill the role that that they were losing with Keaton and and uh um we didn't make the decision solely based on that if Jack was was in a great situation here we would have found another way to make that work but we felt like it was a win-win for for Jack and for Janesville and for us to you know help Jack develop for us to get Keaton in here on a full-time basis and and for Janesville to uh to fill the need that they had in the short term so um, you know, you, you kind of work out that trade agreement and, um, uh, you know, Jack understood he actually waived his, uh, his right to go through USHL waivers, um, which would have opened him up to other opportunities in the league. He wasn't interested in that. He wanted to go to Janesville cause he knows that his future is with Lincoln and we were able to slide him right to our affiliate list. So we maintain his, his rights in the league and, and we will make sure and bring him back. You're listening to Outside the Box. We'll be back in a couple minutes with Aiden Thompson and Noah Laba. Outside the Box with Lincoln Stars head coach Rocky Russo and Stars broadcaster Cristiano Simonetta. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.
What's up, everybody? We're back. We're outside the box. I'm Cristiano Simonetta, joined by Stars head coach Rocky Russo. Before we get to our guest today, Rocky, today's show is brought to you by Farm Bureau agent Rick Michener. When it comes to insurance, all you need to remember is Rick Michener. He's your local Farm Bureau financial services agent and can be your one agent for life, auto, home, farm and ranch, and business insurance. Rick Michener in Lincoln. It's your future. Let's protect it. Noah Laba, Aiden Thompson, How's segment number two. What's up, guys? How you doing? Thanks doing for having good. us. You guys were listening to it on the way here, so are you nervous? You guys have been in front of the camera. You know, I've grilled you guys for a year now, both of you, but uh, it seems like you guys are ready to go. Nah, me and Aiden are used to it. We're camera guys, so. Anna does a great job of preparing us for the questions and being in front of the camera. That's why I'm going to give Rocky the first question, because this is kind of weird. Your head coach, you've been uh, coached by him all season long, and now he's going to be, you know, in the hot seat once again, giving you guys some some questions. So, Rocky, take it away. Let's start it off. Noah, does your nose still hurt? Uh, I mean, a little bit to the touch. Um, I got hit pretty hard, so. You still going to wear one. that fishbowl this weekend? Unfortunately, I have to. I mean, I was getting some chirps about it, but, you know, at the end of the day, like, I can just go in a corner without a worry. Of you feel a little bit more sick. reckless with that thing on, don't you? With with my bubble on? Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, definitely protects. Uh, Into the mic, please. Protects. Um, that took all of two six. minutes before we had to tell him to talk into the mic, Tom's. Hey, I'm new it's to like this. It's like on the ice. So, guys, obviously, we're we're fooling around a little bit here. Noah just asked me when I get my REM sleep. <laughs> like, I got a I got a two month old at home. Like, I don't even know what REM sleep is anymore, and neither does my wife. But, um, in all seriousness, you you guys have both been here in in Lincoln for two years, and and uh, you know, I think it was a a little bit of a tough year last year. Tell us what has changed in regards to uh, to Lincoln Stars hockey, and and uh, what you're enjoying most about the experience so far. Um, I'll start it off. So first of all, mostly just the guys wanting to come to the rink. Um, I mean, that's at least the biggest change from last year. Um, this year, guys are a little more excited to come to the rink and kind of start winning and winning feels good and everybody's happy when we start winning. So um, try to keep that going. And that, that's probably the biggest change for me, at least. Uh, yeah, like Laba said, winning is awesome. Um the more you win, the happier it is. Uh, coach sometimes talks about winning cures all. So good days are a little bit better. Your worst days are not so bad. So one thing that uh, I would say changed from last year is just the start of the year. We just had such a great start this year, um, and that's really helped kick things off. And Aiden, you had some Lincoln Stars ties before last season. I'm not going to talk about you right now. Let's turn it over to Lava because Noah, last year, you know, before main camp, you were in Sioux Falls trying out for the Sioux Falls Stampede. So what was that process like going through that camp and then you get picked up by the Lincoln Stars? Man, are you lucky you didn't make that team. <laughs> yeah. Um, so didn't know really where I was going to end up um, last le- before last year. Um, kind of just fresh off U16. Um, wasn't draft or anything, so just looking for a place to play. Um, and then the Sioux Falls assistant coach invited me to their camp. Um Played at their camp, thought I did really well. Actually thought I did better there than the Lincoln camp. Um, <laughs> got cut there. Uh, obviously, it's tough. but And then that kind of helped build my resume for uh, for Lincoln's camp. And then came to Lincoln and ended up making the team. So Did you know anything about Lincoln, Nebraska before you, you got here? No, but it's a lot better than Sioux Falls. Um, <laughs> not going to lie. This uh, is... <laughs> it's a great little town. And, um, no, I actually like it a lot. 
Go yeah. Big Red. This is just an anti Sioux Falls Stampede radio show. Now. No, gosh, no. We, yeah, whatever. They're fine. It could be anti Sioux Falls, but I'm glad that he did make that team. If he would have made that team, he, we'd be playing against him every night, and I'd much rather have Lobs playing for us. Yeah, and then Lobs, you commit to Colgate last year. You have five power play goals, and now this season you're almost at a point of game player. So for you, what has been your biggest improvement from year one to year two? Um, I think just my off ice training and 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 on the ice over the summer. Um, it's probably probably what I contribute um, most of my success or successes to. Um, try not to really worry about the points and just play. And um, think at the end of the day, if you do that, you'll you'll end up on the right side. And speaking of teams, you know that we're glad you're not playing for. We're glad Aiden Thompson isn't playing for the Portland Winterhawks, who he was initially drafted by in 2017. Instead, Aiden, you're drafted by the Stars with the 27th overall pick in the 2018 Futures Draft. What was that decision like? Instead of going up to the WHL, you went to the USHL instead. Um, yeah, that was a really tough decision, whether to go to college or um, go the major junior route. I think the thing that just um, pushed me and my family over the edge for the college route decision was you just have more time um, in major junior. For some people that don't know, or those that do, you only have till you're 20 until you have to make that decision to turn pro or whether to retire. So, and in college, you can play till you're 25. So, I think that's the one um, thing that pushed me over the edge to go the college route. And I think, you know, obviously. The dynamic of of junior hockey has changed so vastly oh, yeah. over the last ten or fifteen years. It, in the past, it was all the legitimate pro pop prospects were playing major junior hockey, right? But now you're seeing so many guys come out of the USHL, go to college hockey, being drafted out of of the USHL or college, going on and having successful NHL careers. The then I think three out of the top five guys picked in the NHL draft last year were all college hockey players. The number one overall pick was a former USHL player and a college hockey player. So I think that that dynamic has changed drastically and, and certainly major junior is a uh, great alternative for the right player, but the, the long-term development of playing USHL and, and ultimately college hockey, I think just makes so much more sense for uh, so many players. You're listening to Outside the Box. I'm Cristiano Simonetta, joined alongside by Rocky Russo. We're also joined by Noah Lava and Aiden Thompson. And back to Aiden. So instead of playing your first full season in the USHL, you got an eight-game you know, tryout, quote-unquote. You went back to high school, and then your first full season is last year, and you have 30-plus points. You come into this league, and you're like, all right, I think I can hang here. And now in your second year, you have 17 assists or 17 points, I should say. You were at the top of the league before you went down with an upper body injury. So for you, same question I asked Noah, since that offseason, what have you felt to get yourself more prepared for a grueling 62-game season? Um, kind of just – like what Laba talked about, the off-ice stuff is so important at this age. Um, we're obviously still young. We're still um, developing with our bodies. So just to have three months to work out um, on and off the ice I think is so huge. So for me, like one thing I've been working on is my shot. And um, like Laba, one thing he might be working on is his shot as well. So to have three months to develop those things is huge um, for this season compared to last season. And is it much better winning? You know, you came in in 2018-19 in a team that won 12 games, and then last year you missed the playoffs, and this year you guys already got 10 wins. So both of your guys' perspectives. I know Rocky already asked that question earlier on of what, uh, you know, has changed with Lincoln Stars hockey, but more than just the wins, how much fun are you guys having? We'll start with Aiden. Yeah, this season, like I said earlier, has been awesome so far, the start we've had. I mean, it could always be better, but um, 
just this year, everything's been so, not even just the wins, just coming to the rink. Um, the team's super close. We're happy with the new guys. Um, I think they're happy with us. Um, but, yeah, Bob, do you have anything? Uh, I mean, playing hockey's fun, so just try to try to keep it that way. And as much as it is a job, um, you got to make sure the guys are enjoying it or uh, they're not going to want to come and get better and listen and, and learn. So, I think we practiced pretty hard today, right? But we had a lot, a lot of fun doing it. Oh yeah, it we had a we had a pretty good competition day today, Ano, with a lot of small area games and guys getting after it pretty good. We even had a fight today in practice. So it's the second um, this year. Yeah, right? yeah. I'd... Now, now for you, because again, you're not just the interviewer with these guys. I want to know your perspective on that when it comes to fights in practice. I mean, I remember when I was covering the St. Louis Blues, it was David Backus versus Vladimir Tarasenko, and everybody's losing their minds. It's a top player young player versus a captain so at this level what are your thoughts on that when you see two competitors going at it i love it it shows it shows two guys that are passionate and uh you know in in the case that we had today it was just two guys going really hard during a a a small area game and um you know they both got up and patted each other on the on the back when they were done and and uh i think there's a there's a level of respect when when you're willing to fight one of your own teammates in in the heat of the the moment in practice it shows the passion that we have for what we're trying to accomplish during practice so you know obviously we don't want to see anybody get hurt but the guys know how to take care of themselves in that instance and and obviously there's uh sometimes it's done in the heat of the moment i think in that Bacchus Tarasenko situation that you referenced, that's a that's a captain trying to put a young guy in his place sure. and let him know that he's he's got to bring more and he's got to uh, maybe check his his attitude or his ego a little bit. I've I've seen that happen before, and and so it can be done for a number of reasons. Today just happened to be two guys going really hard, and and uh, the emotions got him, and and when it was over, it was over. And do you like that accountability, whether it's a guy wearing a letter? or not a lot of guys in this room and not even just uh because of these two one Aiden is an alternate captain Lava doesn't wear a letter but Noah's leadership I don't mean to make him feel uncomfortable but you could see it bleeds oh, a lot Lobs could easily wear a letter on our team in fact we've had that conversation uh, about him being such an important leader for us and and so um you know I I think sure it's great if it's a captain but today it was just you know it was two guys that that got after it a little bit that are both passionate about winning and and uh, they were both pretty jazzed up about trying to win the competition that we had going on today it was white versus blue and there was some chirping going on and and uh, I think that uh, sometimes the emotions get you and I think that's awesome I think that's what we want you don't want guys going through the motions in practice you need practice to be game like you need the the speed and the pace and and the competitive nature there to to really mimic what you're going to see on a Friday and Saturday night who's the best uh, trash talker on the team guys Ooh, probably. I mean, the best and who does it the most? You probably things, do so. it the most, honestly. I think no, Lava did it a lot in Des Moines, and then what happened to him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got put on my uh, ass, but um, I think Gleb chirps a lot of guys for sure. But I don't know if he's the best. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Gleb does. You got to be quick witted to yeah. to be a good chirper. If not, you kind of sound like a dummy. So yeah. anybody that's got a a really good uh, sense of humor and somebody that's that's got quick wit to him generally is pretty good with the the chirps. Is there a worse guy on the team when it comes to that situation where you know if he opens his mouth, it's not really going to come out the right way? I don't know. I, I put Shader up there. I was, <laughs> I was thinking Garter the exact Shader, same okay. thing, but I didn't want to say it. <laughs> Well, that's why he's a leader right here. You don't need to wear a letter to say something yeah, like shader. that. Yeah, shader. See, I, I don't get to hear a lot of that stuff, obviously. What happens on the ice kind of uh, doesn't resonate on the bench. So 
I wouldn't. Uh, I really wouldn't know who to say. I would just imagine Mastro's probably not a great chirper either. But <laughs> he's too busy smiling. I know. That's what I mean. He's he's smiling the whole time. So how could you chirp anybody with that big smile on your face? We'll be back with thumbs up and thumbs down. You are listening to uh, Outside the Box. We'll be back with a trivia question, giving away some tickets too when we come back. Back to Outside the Box with Rocky Russo and Cristiano Simonetta. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back with Rocky Russo, Noah Lava, Aiden Thompson. I'm Cristiano Simonetta. We're giving away a couple of family four-packs that are good for any of this weekend's games, Friday or Saturday. Get to this text line right now. we got 15 minutes left in the show. 402-464-5685. That's 402-464-5685. The question is... Who scored the first goal of the regular season for the Lincoln Stars? If you know it, Noah and Aiden, do not shout it out, but uh, rush those uh, text lines, get that question answered, and you can maybe score yourself a four-pack for this weekend's games. Rocky, thanks so much for submitting that question. Are you just going to do this every week where you got something for uh, our great listeners here? Yeah, absolutely. I could come up with something something good every week. That one's a pretty easy one, but... Uh... I'll uh, I'll get creative with those week after week. Maybe some Ohio State trivia or... Yeah, I mean, I'm a diehard Ohio State fan. You can try to chirp me all you want. They played bad this weekend. It is what it is. But, uh, you know, scarlet and gray, and, and uh, that's just what it is. We'll have some hot takes coming up here. It's time for thumbs up and thumbs down. These guys love to argue as much as anybody they live Lava together. Lava sure does. Oh, like, if anybody God. likes to, to argue, it's Lava. Well, Aiden Thompson okay, has a that. certificate... Aiden, tell me a little bit about this. You got it uh, last December. I wonder if you'll get it two times in a row. I do. We had Secret Santa, and I got certificate for. I don't even know what the art, what the certificate said. Best arguer. I don't even remember. <laughs> it was very debater. nice. It was laminated it. for debater, you. Maybe, maybe the maybe debater. Deb- I was debate. I also yeah. got a medal, best debate team member. <laughs> he also got. I should give him one for the best f- toddler fit that he threw today at practice when. <laughs> When he got gave up three goals in his first shift in the second game because he didn't understand the rules of the game and and so uh, we had to laugh at him a little bit about that. But that's also what makes Tom's great is is the competitive side of things. Well, these are some NHL thumbs up and thumbs down hot takes for you guys. The first one, it's polarizing in the National Hockey League right now because of how good this player is. But Alex Ovechkin will break Wayne Gretzky's record of 894 goals. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Noah, start it off. Um, I'll give it a thumbs up. I think you know he's just everybody. Everybody thinks he's going to slow down like every year but he never does so i think he'll get it and i think he's definitely striving for it so uh as long as he doesn't get an injury or or something something like that i think he'll do it rocky will the grade eight do it you know what i think he's so focused on it that he is gonna do it and and uh you know it's it's certainly an incredible record he's still gonna be 2000 some point shy of of wayne gretzky Mm -hmm. because gretzky's got more assists than everybody else has points total but um, but that goal record is special, and, and I think doing it in this era is even more special. No disrespect to to the number of goals that, that Wayne Gretzky scored, but he did it against different goaltenders and a different style, and, and so pretty impressive what uh, Alex Ovechkin's doing. Aiden, thumbs up, thumbs down. I'm going to have to go with thumbs up. Um, kind of like Laba said, he's not slowing down, and I think even if he does slow down, I think he's not leaving until he breaks that record. It's always what Laba says. <laughs> Connor McDavid will never win a Stanley Cup. Um, no, I, I, I gotta give it a thumbs down. I think he will. Um, I mean, he's the greatest player to ever play. So, 
No the greatest player to, to ever play? Yeah, I'm going to put him there. See, that's like you say ridiculous things, and then you wonder why people say this about um, you. Like, I mean, no disrespect to Wayne, but. No disrespect to Wayne. That's the most disrespectful thing you could possibly well, Wayne's say. Wayne's listening in right now. We got him on. I am now. calling Wayne Gretzky when we get off. The, like, Line Messier played here. We know how to get a hold of, of the Messiers and the Gretzkys. I'm going to let him know. All right, Rocky, so. Thumbs up, thumbs down on Connor McDavid. Not being the greatest player of all time, but uh, will he hoist Lord Stanley? I'm going to give you a hot take, and I'm going to tell you that he's going to win a Stanley Cup, but it's not going to be with the Edmonton Oilers. Okay. Do you have a team in mind, or just you know it's not Edmonton? No, I just have a feeling that as good as – and I think they're good this year. I do, and if they can start to figure it out. But I've always felt that there was issues at the higher levels of that organization, and that's always kind of held them back for the last – however 15, many 15 20, 20 year, years yeah. and so maybe if they get out of the way and let let them build that program there's some dynamic players on that roster right now but if he finds out he looks over the course of the next few years that that they're not giving him the free agents and the pieces that he needs then when his contract expires he's going to go somewhere where he has a chance to win yeah maybe he'll join Crosby in Colorado no I'm kidding get um, out of here that'd be awesome <laughs> uh, Aiden what about you you model yourself after this guy a little bit I've seen you make a couple moves uh in the offensive zone like him which is Lava, incredible. Lava's face was unbelievable <laughs> oh, no, when you said that oh yeah Thanks, no Aiden Otto. knows exactly what I'm talking about the one move that he tries Wait, is that your player comparison McDavid uh, his, in his opinion are we hearing 100%. it right now a hundred percent. If that's your player comparison, who you Can want to play? Can we just get a confirmation like? right now? Player yeah. comparison, Connor McDavid. It's not well, a bad thing. Obviously, if I could be like Connor McDavid, I would like to be yeah. a Connor McDavid. Thank you, Anna. Wouldn't we all? But um, uh, so yeah, does he win the Stanley Cup? I think McDavid wins the Stanley Cup within the next five years with Edmonton. That is a really good take. All right. All right. This next one, not about a player, but where the NHL and maybe the USHL could go in the future, regulation wins should be counted as three points. Overtime shootout wins counting as two. Lava, start us off. Um, that's a tough one. Um, I don't know. I think I think it's fine how it is. Um, I don't really see a need for that. Um, yeah. I'm not a math guy, and and so I'm not a big fan of three point games and two and one games and what have you like to me you know if if we're going to include overtime as part of that process like you know we each get a point once we get into overtime and then we we duel it out in overtime for another point I think if it's not broke there's no need to fix it and I think in this case it's just fine set up the way that it is Aiden what about you um I haven't thought about this too much but I'm not opposed to it um I think some research needs to be done but um, Lava, can you do some research for us? <laughs> yeah, look. Lava it. will get on that. He I'll loves to do it. it. I think if Aiden had the opposite opinion of you, I think you would both uh, who's just the, argue. Who's the commissioner of the league? Gary Bettman. No, uh, oh, we're talking about the Bill, NHL. Bill Which Robertson. Could say, yeah, I could say both. But Ro- Robert yeah, Robertson. Yes. I'll give him a call. <laughs> <You're> gonna, <laughs> you got him on speed dial. Yeah, <laughs> when he got suspended, he wanted to know who he needed to call about his suspension. He wanted to personally appeal it. I, th- I think there the should be time. a court. I'm not going to lie for suspensions, but that's another topic. All right, rapid fire this last one, guys. Playoff beards are overrated. Uh, no, they're not overrated. <laughs> okay, Rocky. Can you even grow a beard, Lops? Uh, no. No. I can't grow a beard, so I, you know, whatever. Guys want to grow it, let them grow it. doesn't really matter to me. I might go play off hair. Over, I what do you think about that? I think they're overrated. Because you can't grow one either? No. I thought it before I was of age to grow one. 
All right, we got one correct guess. Carson, you guessed Michael Mastromenico. That is the correct answer. That first game against Youngstown, September that. 23rd. You've won a family four-pack to one of the two games this weekend. We'll be in contact with you. Aiden, Noah, Rocky, thanks so much for this week. As always, thank, thank you, you, guys. You guys Appreciate are listening it. to Outside the Box. We'll see you next Tuesday.